Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is blasphemy! This is madness! Stop the insanity! You're absolutely out of your mind. I think it's absurd. I think it's an abomination. I think it's a disgrace. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? You're a jackass. Embrace the madness. Oh, I did and I told you what you couldn't do, yeah. what you couldn't be. Yeah. This team won't ever be the same, now. So this is our last chance. And April, we'll put in the work to be right here. To be right here. One game. One game. They love to say that it all comes down to one game. Really? They also said our season was over. They said this thing wouldn't crack. They said we shouldn't believe in old Saint Nick. One game. We played plenty of games before. Fog Bowl, Snow Bowl. But there's something different about this bowl. Because this isn't about just moving the change inch by inch. This is about moving an entire city to tears. Block by block. One game. For who? For the ones who line up next to us. The one who introduced this to us. For what? To bring it home. This is so much more than one game. This is joy. This is pain. This is certifiably insane. One game is all we got. One game is all we need. We all we got, we all we need. Just find a way. What's up, everybody? Welcome into... A very special edition of the Madness. Maybe an edition we never expected to have in the beginning of the year. And then we thought, well, maybe. And then injuries hit and we thought, no way could this happen, right? No way could the Eagles overcome all this adversity, all of these injuries. To be playing in that one game that Mr. Bradley Cooper talks about. That one final game of the NFL season. Because in less than 72 hours, a little less than 72 hours, your Philadelphia Eagles are going to take the field at Super Bowl 52 with a chance to bring home the one thing that we have not had in this town that we are yearning for so desperately, and that is the Lombardi Trophy. Find a way. 
As always, I am your Minister of Madness, Rob Langey, and I am so thrilled to be here tonight. This was one of those things where, you know, when I, as you guys know, the schedule's busy. I, I needed to find a way to get in here. The only time I could do this was late on a Thursday night, but it was well worth it. And sometimes when you're able to do things later in the day, you're able to get in touch with a lot more people. So we have a great show planned for you. We have a great show planned for you. We're going to hear for sure from Benjamin Albright, who has been covering the NFL and doing such a great job of it for a long time. He's going to call in at about 8.45. And... He's going to just talk to us a little bit from the national perspective. What's, what's the national media feel about the Eagles and, and the fact that they're here and their chances to win this game and all, all those little things that, that we've talked about and, and that obviously we've been for the last week and a half just going over and over and over again like crazy. And it'll be nice to hear a little national perspective from there. Um, later on in the show, uh, you know, it's always interesting to talk to guys who played in this league. It's always interesting to see what their thoughts are on the Super Bowl and how guys might feel. Even if they never got to the game, they knew what it felt like to want to play in that game. And we have a special guest who was an Eagle for a few years in the late 90s, uh, right before Andy Reid came just about. I'm pretty sure it was the Ray Rhodes era. Tight end Jason Dunn went on to play eight years with the Kansas City Chiefs after his stint with the Eagles. He's going to call us later in the show and just kind of talk to us from a player's perspective on the Super Bowl and what it means and 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 how important it it was to guys in the league to get to this game, whether they ever got there or not. And then we're hoping nothing is guaranteed. He's gonna give us a he's gonna try to give us a few minutes. Listen, the Eagles fan base is going into one of the most important games in their history on Sunday. And for me, I want to talk to the leader of the fan base. And, and to me, I have named this guy the leader because he has done such an incredible job and he's continuing to just make a bigger name for himself day in and day out. That's the mighty E-Rock. E-Rock's going to try and call us in the 9 o'clock hour at some point and uh, just give us a little perspective on how he feels, how he thinks the fans feel. He did his show earlier in the week. What were the fans saying to him? You know, that, that, that sort of thing. So we have a ton of to talk about here today. And while we're, you know, before we start getting to the guests and the calls and we're doing all that, I think it's important for me to talk about a few things that over the bye week and over the first few days of this week, which by the way, this week has been one of the slowest weeks I have ever had in my life. And, and I would say since the Eagles won the NFC championship game for a week and a half, I've been fine. I've been calm, cool, collective, everything, you know, you're just, okay, let's just enjoy this. Let's enjoy this moment. Let's enjoy everything. I watched all of media day. I've been watching all the interviews, watching all the national guys talk, watching the idiots like Maurice Jones, Drew say, I'm picking the Patriots because the Eagles fans are terrible. And we'll talk about that later as well. But today was the first day where I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus. I, I, I texted a few people today and said, I can't do anything. I can't grade a paper. I can't talk to a student. I can't do anything. The, the anxiety, the nerves are here. And it's not necessarily nerves because I don't think they can win. It, it's more so just the nerves that we have been talking now about this game for over a week and a half. And we just want to see football at this point. This is something we all wait for. This is something we've all dreamed for. You know, when they got there in 04, 05, you thought, well, 
you know, they'll probably, hopefully they'll get back. And it's been 13 years, and we remember how we felt after that one. We remember how we had waited so long to get there that they had to win that one. And they fell flat, and I don't mean that they played terribly. I mean, some guys needed to step up uh, in, in certain ways. But And then we've had to wait 13 long years. And, and I'm telling you, I love the idea that they are playing the New England Patriots. I love the idea that they can, um, you know, go after revenge on this franchise and, you know, maybe not for all intents and purposes end the dynasty, but start to see the beginning of the end of this dynasty that has become an evil empire. It is a hate to face. If someone wears a Patriots helmet or a Patriots jersey, to me, it's as evil as a Yankees jersey. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Nothing's going to change my opinion on this. But over the few weeks, I've done some soul searching about a lot of different topics. And I want to talk about an epiphany I had. I want to talk about Eagles fans. I want to talk about Boston fans. And then I want to talk about my feelings, my worries, the things I like about this game. And then at some point, I will give a prediction And I also had posed a poll question to the Twitter page, which I hope everyone goes out and follows, uh, at TSJ Madness. We've got a lot of good things going on there. And now we, um, I ran a poll. It only got about 60 votes. Uh, But, man, it was was an interesting one. And I'll read the question to you now, and then we'll talk about it later. Uh, The question was, there's two minutes left in the Super Bowl, and the Eagles lead by four and have to stop Tom Brady, or the Eagles trail by four and have to score. What would you rather? And not that I got a thousand votes or anything like that, but from the votes I did, the vote was 52% to 48%. And we'll talk about that later in the show uh, and, and where I feel. Because it's a very interesting question that was posed to me during the week. And I, and I really, I, I had a tough time answering the question. And, um, you know, I went opposite the way the poll went. So we'll talk about that. But for right now, let's start the show off and, In about 20 minutes, we'll hear from Benjamin Albright, but we'll talk up until then. Let's start the show off with my epiphany. I have been a guy that has spent my entire life as a fan of sports, as a coach of sports, in a very superstitious manner. Wearing the same thing, although sometimes that just becomes your uniform. Sitting a certain way, doing a certain thing, not buying things because I feel that it'll jinx the team. And I heard somebody, one of the Eagles said it during media day. They were asked if they were superstitious. And they said, you know, the thing about superstitions is once it doesn't work, why the hell are you still doing it? And for 33 years, I have been superstitious as all hell. I have been so superstitious. I mean, the, the things like, you know, sitting in the same seat, moving seats in the middle of a game. Um, not wanting to draw attention to Eagles paraphernalia, not wanting to wear things, not wanting to put something outside my house, you name it. Because I thought maybe that would be bad juju to celebrate too early. Screw that. Screw that. Well, I still wear the same thing I've worn all year. Damn right I will. Because I feel like that's my uniform. I got to stick with that. I, there will probably even be that small part of me that holds my hand a certain way on offense, does something 
with my, you know, with my hat on defense. You know, there's still going to be those little things. But the days of not celebrating, you know, I can kind of remember back in 04, 05, I didn't want to watch anything. I don't want to watch media day I don't, because I didn't do that all year. I didn't watch highlights all year. I've watched the NFC Championship twice. I've watched every damn thing you could possibly imagine about this Super Bowl. And I even went as far as to take down a banner in my classroom to give it to my principal to hang on the outside of the school. That's something I would never have touched anything back in the day. But I got to stop. We all got to stop. We got to stop saying, stop, don't jinx it. Just enjoy this damn moment. And sometimes superstitions get in the way of enjoying the moment. You miss a lot of great stuff when, you, when you're superstitious and you don't want to watch anything because you didn't all year. For years, I haven't watched Inside the NFL because I felt like every time I watched it, the Eagles lost the following week. This is something we should enjoy every little thing about. This is special, ladies and gentlemen. This in the city is a great moment that could become greater Sunday night around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I feel like this team and how they have just continued to come out of nowhere and whenever this, the, everything was stacked against them, they found a way, has changed me as a fan, has changed me from Mr. Make sure you hold the can in one hand and the remote in the other or Mr. I'm not watching these highlights, not till after the whole season's over. Or I'm not going to buy any Super Bowl 52 paraphernalia and collectibles until after they win the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Not anymore. Not anymore. They've, they've changed me. This team has made me a believer that they just have the will to win. And whatever happens on Sunday, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to affect the outcome by buying something or hanging a sign somewhere else. So I thank this team for that because it it was aware to be like that. It was aware to consistently worry about what you were doing and what you weren't doing and what you were watching. I didn't want to do that anymore. So I'm glad that I was able to move on from that a little bit. Now, I want to talk about both fan bases a little bit. And I'll save the Eagles fan base for a second. But I will start off by saying there's so much hate towards the Eagles fan base. There's so much hate toward every person who wears that midnight green jersey. National media, other teams' fans. And there is so much hate that we forget something. We forget How much we should hate Boston fans. And no, not because I'm a hater and I hate that they've won championships and and, and they've just continued to run over people in every league and the Celtics have titles and the Bruins have titles. The Red Sox have won the World Series a couple times recently and obviously the stinking Patriots. But because... One thing I pride myself on, and, and I believe it's because I'm a fan in this, in this city, 
is I'm a, I look and I know what fans are supposed to be. Before 2001, were Patriots fans this rampant in the country? In Boston. Forget the country. Screw the country. In Boston. Were they this rampant in Boston before 2001? The answer is no. So I don't want to hear about how damn passionate they are about their football team. Because they're not. You can't ever, you cannot ever say that about a Philadelphia fan. Because the fact is we haven't won a damn thing. And we are there every single year. But Boston football fans are relatively new. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not even going to harp on that too much. But let me tell you something. They are some of the most... And because, as I said last week's show, I don't like to incriminate an entire fan base, but let's say many of them are some of the most arrogant, elitist people I've ever heard, I've ever tweeted with, I've ever talked to. And, you know, don't get me started on the ones that live in this area. There's not a lot. But get the hell over yourself. And your freaking city. Love the city of Boston. I think it's a beautiful city. I think it's a lot of fun. But you people are the worst. Those of you who think that you are above everybody else because for the last 17 years, 18 years, your football team has won and you weren't there with them before that, you're a joke. You're a hack. You're a wannabe. You are a wannabe, New England. Boston, just stop. I am so sick of the elitist attitude. Literally, the day after the NFC Championship game, some guy just gets on Twitter and starts ripping the Eagles fans. And I went back at him, we went back and forth, and all he could say is, dude, you're just a stick and block me. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm a stick. I'm a tough guy. That's why you blocked me, you punk. <laughs> it, it, it's a joke. It's a joke. You can't debate. You don't debate. All you do is yell and, oh, we got the Super Bowls. We got. Hey, be a friggin' fan for more than just the times they're winning. Let me see how many of you stick around post Belichick and Brady. Because the time is coming. Brady won't play till he's 50. He's damn good. Belichick won't coach forever. Eventually. You're going to fall off of this cliff. You're going to fall out of the sky. And where will you be, fan base of New England? I got a pretty good idea where you're going to go. It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute travesty. I am sick and tired of freaking Boston fans. With their, oh, well, you know, this is, this is just what we do. No kidding. We see it. We know how good your football team is. There's no real Eagles fan saying New England stinks. There's no real Eagles fan not saying that Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever. We know. 
But you guys want to sit there and act like the Eagles are no good, and that's a joke to me. That's a joke to me, seeing what they have done time in and time out every time they're doubted. Underdogs at home in both playoff games? Three-point underdogs to a team they beat by 30 friggin' one points? Come on, dude. You got to get over yourself, Holmes. You got to get over yourself. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you thinking that you are better than everybody else. You're not. You're not. And that brings me to my fan base. That brings me to my beloved Eagles nation. A fan base that I have been a part of for the better part of, let's say, 20 plus odd years. I have sat on this podcast. I have sat with friends. I have sat with fans of other teams and constantly been like, oh, you guys make too big a deal. It's not that bad. It's a few knuckleheads, this and that. And it is, but it falls on deaf ears. No one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear it. Maurice Jones drew. They're mean. Dude, you played in Jack. You don't know what a friggin' fan is. You played in Jacksonville, dude. Don't don't come at the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. But another epiphany I had this week, and I credit a friend of mine as well for kind of putting it out there for me to dwell on, is I'm done defending. Instead, you know, it's a, it's a little different, but the line from one of the Batman movies where, you know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm done trying to make it that we're the heroes. We are the villains. And Philadelphia fans, it's time to embrace the fact that we're the villains. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by the idea of embracing being the villain? I mean, they want to call us a-holes and dirtbags and jerks and mean. Be bigger a-holes. Be bigger dirtbags. Be bigger jerks and meaner. You don't like what we say to you? Oh, two people said something to you. Probably 30 people shook your hand. Everybody say something mean to them now. I'm done. It's time to play this card. You don't, because here's the deal. I could sit here till I'm blue in the face and tell you that it's only a few people. Like the, like the guys that punch the horses. But instead, you turn a deaf ear to what is real and you believe what you want to, which is we all punch horses. We all fight cops. We all get in fist fights. It's a joke. So you know what? Embrace it. Embrace it. Say mean things. That's where I'm at. Be meaner. Hey, you want to call us this? Well, here you have it. We're going to give it to you now. We're going to give it to you now. You know, I'm not I'm not condoning acts of violence or anything like that, but Jesus, hey, if that's all you think we do, well, what, why should why shouldn't we just do it? Why shouldn't we just do it? And I know what a lot of people are going to say. I'm over the top here, but it, what's why is why is it okay 
to continually generalize a, a fan base and stereotype a fan base because of a few people and because of stories that you know nothing about. And it's not okay for me to say, you know what, screw it. I'll be a jerk. I'll curse at you. I, I truly how I feel right now. I'm going to curse at people. I want to say mean you-know-what to them. That's how I feel. That's how I almost feel the fan base should be. Embrace this now. Because what's funny is you've created this nation. (laughs) The national media, the, you know, fans of other teams, because I'm telling you right now, as someone who's been to 16 other stadiums, everybody has these idiots everywhere. Outside of a few places, maybe. Green Bay. Kansas City. But what I love is when fans of other teams that have these people call you that. Minnesota the softest fan base in the country. You guys are a joke and your city's a friggin' joke. Instead of being mad at the team, if the Eagles would have lost a game and then that team came in to Philadelphia for the Super Bowl, we would still be talking about the fact that our team got embarrassed. Not anything to do with the other team's fans. Nothing. Nothing. It is a very rare situation. I don't know if I've ever seen it where Eagles fans complain about the the abuse they take at other stadiums. And damn it, we take abuse. I've watched beers poured on family members. I've been verbally abused. We take it because we're tough. And now you've pushed my toughness to another level. You want to know why Eagles fans behave the way they do? Because you've made that. You saw what you wanted to see, and you have created this aura around this fan base. If I have to hear the snowballs at Santa Claus from someone who has no idea, like this elitist Boston fan who blocked me on Twitter, which I just find comical, or... Oh, you throw batteries. And he started going in. He was he was Googling articles. He was Googling articles to prove his point. And I don't even care. You know, there was the stat that came out that there's like 15 cities that have been worse than us with arrests. Screw it. Screw it. Get arrested. That's who we are, right? That's who we are. Was it Dennis Green? The Lake Red is Dennis Green? We are who they thought they were. Well, let's be who they think we are. Screw this. Be meaner. Say mean things. It's just how I feel now. I'm done defending. Yep, we are jerks, and now we're going to be worse. Now we're going to be worse. You're welcome. Thank you. I should actually thank you. I should actually thank you. Because you have made this a problem now. And I can't wait to have you guys come into our city now. Because now, this is for real. So, I've, I've gone on my rant there about the fan base and where I think we should go as a fan base. 
And I'm going to talk to E-Rock about that too and what, what he thinks if we should just embrace this and, and move forward with it. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not condoning violence. I'm not. And I know I just say get arrested. I got a little carried away. I got a little in the mood here. I, I am, I'm so amped. I'm so focused. I have been waiting all week to do this show to get some of this energy out. But right now, right now I want to bring in one of my favorite guests to the show. And that is Benjamin Albright, who does one of the best jobs covering the NFL. Benjamin, how are you today, man? I am doing all right. I apologize. I was trying to wolf down a burger there. (laughs) Uh, Hey, no problem. Hey, listen, we all got to eat. And I'm sure it's tough to find time to eat right now for you. I'm sure it's a very, very busy time. Now, Benjamin, are you out in uh, Minnesota or no? I am not. Did not make the trip to the Super Bowl this year. I'm doing Senior Bowl and Combine only. Senior Bowl and Combine only. All right. Well, obviously, you know, you've talked. You you know where we're at with Philadelphia, and um, it's a very exciting time here. There, there's just no doubt about it. The Patriots are there all the time, <laughs> right? I mean, it it just is like one of those things where you're like, oh, the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, we kind of figured that. But how much of a surprise do you think it is? looking back at the beginning of the season when we talked and all that stuff, that you see the Eagles in this game, especially after all the adversity they faced all year? Well, I think the adversity is the biggest part. You know, I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So, um, you know, them being there is not really a stunner to me. I, I, you know, over the AFC side, I had Kansas City, so I guess I was there. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought uh, you know, I, I thought uh, that the Eagles have a very good team. They get the right coaching staff in place. Um, you know, and they, they had the right athletes in place. You look at the defensive side of the football, Jim Schwartz, and how he wants to run that defense. They just they had the right fits there. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, and I saw some things last year from Carson Wentz in that offense that really, uh, you know, that really popped. And I just figured, you know, they, they'd get it all to come together in the second year. Sure enough, they did. The, the adversity is the, you know, is the hard part. You look at losing, um, you know, a top offensive tackle, uh, a quarterback who was in the MVP conversation. Um, you know, Darren Sproles was out at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, you look at that kind of stuff, and you say, "Hey, well, wait a minute. You know, that that should put a uh, put a heart on these guys." And no, they just keep plugging guys in and just keep going. You know, and you and you talked about the coaching staff, and, and one of the things that's impressive that I don't think we've lost sight of, but we don't talk about, is how Doug Peterson and this whole staff has been able to take this team and turn them into a Super Bowl team within two years, even with a lot of turnover on this roster. You know, there's a lot of new faces, especially this year. There's a lot of new faces. People thought. Uh, it's going to take them time. You know, they may not be able to do it quite this year, but maybe if things go well. How has this coaching staff been able to do such a great job in such a short amount of time? Well, I think they're on pace with the front office. They're all on the same page. You know, how he's, uh, how he's known as a wheeler and dealer. That's got his reputation. Um, and I think they're all on the same page. you got a coaching staff that, that gets guys that lets the front office know what they need, and, and, and they're able to plug them into what they want to do. Talking with Benjamin Albright here. Benjamin, you know, you talk about Howie Roseman, and obviously he he has said, he's made it public that the year out of this job when the riff with Chip Kelly happened was was a real eye-opener for him. He did a lot of soul-searching. Have you ever in in your career seen a guy have that happen to him and then come back and be so successful so fast? Um, I would say no. I think, you know, I think that's the hallmark of a great um, people who – 
uh, you fail the first time, um, you know, get fired from something, uh, overcome, you know, have an adversity, uh, and they overcome that. They come back, you know, after some time off, they do soul searching, they overcome that. I think that's the mark of a great. And, and to be honest, um, it's kind of interesting to find that parallel on the opposing sideline in this game in Bill Belichick. You know, you look at the Cleveland Browns stint that he had, um, you know, he lost the head coaching job there, does a little soul searching, does, you know, figures a few things out, comes back, uh, and now he's Bill Belichick, possibly the greatest coach of all time. Uh, you look at some of the other guys, uh, you know, uh, over the years, Pete Carroll uh, comes to mind, mm-hmm. guys who, who've had that failure before and learned from it. We see guys that, that fail and, and fall by the wayside all the time because they're unable to adapt. Um, and so I think that for Howie, um, you know, I think that's a shining example of somebody who could do that in the talent evaluation game versus somebody who does it in the coaching game. And, and I think a big thing that helped him as well on top of himself is um, is Joe Douglas. I think the the addition of Joe Douglas to that front office has been huge. You know, are, 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 is it is it that important to have a guy like that as your right hand man? Yeah, I think so. I think you know, uh, having somebody that um, that can tell you no, mm-hmm. uh, and that can articulate um, why when they disagree is, is a very valuable thing. Um, you know, my old man always had a saying, and, and they kind of adopted that uh, on a show called The West Wing a few years later. They, they, they changed the saying up a little bit. The, the point remains the same, and that's surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Talking with Benjamin Albright. Benjamin, let's get to the game here. And, and the Pats and, and Bill Belichick have been geniuses when it comes to taking the opponent's uh, best weapons away. What will that be for Philly? What do you think they will focus on for Philly? And then the question is, do the Eagles really have a best weapon, and is it going to be really challenging for Bill to just take one thing away? Well, it'll be challenging for them to do that, yes. I think what Belichick will try to do is take away Zach Ertz. Um, that's going to be the key for the Eagles. Take away that guy who eats up the middle uh, and, and then force the uh, force the Eagles to be a run and throw a deep team, um, you know, and, that, and then you know play the 50-50 ball on the deep ball. Uh, so I, I think that that's you know, a fairly generic strategy. Um, not one, you know, if I'm the Eagles, I'm, you know, we are giving the run game a, a, a lot a hat tip early, but um, the Patriots are not a highly athletic defense. They're not as athletic as they used to be. And so um, if you are a team that can run shallow crossers or a team that can play levels and eat up the middle of the field, um, you'll have success against them. And so I think that you want to take away the player that allows you to do that, and that's, uh, that's Ertz. So, so if they're going to try and take away Ertz, how, how do the Eagles respond to that? Do they allow that to happen and try and find other guys? Or is there something they can do to make, make Belichick not be able to do what he's so good at? Well, I think that what you get to do is run trail routes. Um, you either run Y trail, you run Texas type stuff. So where you run stuff where basically Ertz becomes the clear out guy and you run somebody underneath him. You know what I mean, right? Uh, and, and I think that I think that in scenarios like that, I would prefer to use Alshon Jeffrey, bigger body, bigger catch radius. Um, I think that's what you do. I think you 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 know you look for Ertz early if they're taking him away, then you run uh, route concepts that allow another player to trail behind him. You know, for Ertz to clear them out and him to run behind him, and that should set your guy open in one on one. You should be able to take advantage. You know, you just mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. In, in your opinion, is he the guy, or is there another name that you think needs to? be huge for the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball? 
Well, you're going to have to, I mean, obviously the run game. In the pass game, you're going to have to have one guy step up. Uh, Jeffrey's the, the obvious target there. Jeffrey Nurse, the obvious guys there. Uh, but you'll need somebody else to step up against the Patriots to seal it. Um, you know, whether that's one of the speedsters, whether that's, uh, you know, Aguilar, whomever it is, um, you know, you're going to have to have somebody step up and have a couple of big moment third down type plays when they try to take those guys away. Talking with Benjamin Albright, you know, when you look defensively, and we'll, we'll talk about what they need to do with Brady, uh, which is a whole nother animal, but, you know, Gronk was cleared, it looked like, today. And uh, what do they need to do defensively to slow him down? You know, what, what kind of matchup? Is, is it a Malcolm Jenkins matchup? Because I, I don't know if the linebackers would be able to handle him. Well, uh, the answer, if you, you know, if the question is how do you slow Brady down, there is no answer. Um, you know, you, you try to get after him. Um, you know, if, if opposing defenses have had success when they're able to only get four or five guys after the quarterback, either doubling up the A-gaps or looping off the edge, um, and moving Tom Brady off his spot. you got to make him uncomfortable. He gets the ball out so quick, you don't have much time to do it. So you've got to find a way to get pressure on him. And then you have to take away uh, the shallow stuff. You know, you have to take away uh, his ability to get rid of the ball quickly so that he has to go to longer developing routes so that you get guys time to get to the quarterback. So you're going to have to find something that takes away the 7- to 14-yard game, where, which is where he excels, uh, and you're going to have to get after him quickly. So I, I'd say, you know, Schwartz's four-man attack is, is pretty good at doing that. You're going to have to play some shallow zone and then have the safeties take deep guys as they, you know, as they get free uh, to make sure that they're covered. But, um, you know, I, I would play some, side of, some kind of – excuse me, uh, cover three, cover four, you know, type shell uh, with some shallow middle zones and, uh, and send those linemen with their ears back. So if, like you said, you think the safeties are going to have to take away anybody that gets behind behind the zone. A lot of times they like to use Malcolm Jenkins on bigger tight ends like Rob Gronkowski. Uh, how do you think they can find a way to just keep him somewhat contained? Well, you you got two choices. If you're going to play man, you're going to have to you're going to have to bracket him. Um, you know, using a linebacker to safety uh, or Jenkins. Uh, and if you're going to play zone, well, then you're just going to play shallow zones with with everybody keying in on Tom Brady, trying to take him off and to and play the ball rather than the man. Um, so, you know, Gronk is such an animal and such a weapon, you, you can't really effectively quote unquote cover him. So you got to find ways to reroute him or take him out of his uh, his game. Uh, New England and, and Schwartz likes to use that. I mean, excuse me, Philly and Schwartz likes to use that uh, that wide nine technique. So whatever the looping end is, is going to want to kind of hip check Gronk as he releases into a route. Uh, it's called a scrape, basically, um, and, and try to reroute him or take him off his uh, uh, off of his fire out and, and hopefully delay the timing. You know, for some of us who haven't watched New England a lot or you know just haven't really keyed in on certain positions. How big of an advantage does the Eagles' defensive line have on the Patriots' offensive line? I don't think they have one at all. Okay. I think Patriot, uh, the, I think Philly has the uh, the advantage with the offensive line. Um, you know, New England, like I said, not as athletic as they used to be. They play very smart and they try to keep the play in front of you. You know, they'll give you they'll give you a couple of yards, but they're they're trying to keep everything in front of you to hope you eventually make a mistake. Uh, they're not they're not very athletic. Trey Flowers is probably their best pass rusher he's a you know he's a middle of the road guy in the league um so if if you can uh you know if you can keep them off off of you and you you got guys who can get deep um or guys who are good after the catch you can be successful kansas city laid out the blueprint to beat new england at the start of the season and almost nobody tried to replicate it you know 
when when you look at this game, obviously there's there's going to be recipes for success from both teams, and I'm just curious, someone who watches the game as intently as you do and, and does such a great job covering it, I want to kind of ask you first. Let's let's start with the Patriots. For the Patriots to win this game, what must they do? Um, stop the run, stop Philadelphia's run, uh, and not not make uh, not make any turnovers. Tom Brady's Tom Brady; he's going to get his. Um, you probably want to establish a little bit of a run game. That's been a problem for New England at times this year. Uh, but the main thing is going to be stopping the run of Philadelphia uh, and the the, the one two punch of Jay Ajayi and Legarrette Blunt. All right, so if that's the Patriots' recipe, give us the recipe to make us all unbelievably happy here in Philadelphia. You got to establish the run game with a giant blunt and you're going to have to generate a turnover or two. Um, you know, you have to get pressure on Brady. Uh, the, the, the run game of new England is just there as, as a complimentary tool. Um, they use the run backs out in the flats as an extension of that. So you have to shut that down, uh, but you won't want to get after Brady. You're going to need three or four sacks and probably a turnover in order to win it. Are they going to need Nick Foles to replicate his performance against the Vikings or can he just be more of a, Hey, just don't make the big mistake type of quarterback in this one. Yeah, he, he's going to have to. He's probably going to have to make a play or two in the game at some point. You know, there's going to be a third down he's going to have to make. But for the most part, you're going to tell Nick Foles, "Hey, just go in there. Don't worry about it. Don't make any mistakes. Go be a point guard. Don't worry about anything else. Just distribute the football. Let your playmakers make the plays." Talk with Benjamin Albright. Benjamin, just looking towards the future after this game and all uh, and all is said and done. You know, we look at the Patriots, and, and even people in Philadelphia look at this as one of the most unbelievable duos of coach quarterback in, in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And, and I'm sure there have been others throughout the history of the league. But will we ever see something like this Patriots team with these two guys again? Well, um, you know, not anytime soon, I don't believe. <laughs> um, you know, you might have that combination right there in Philly right now. We don't know yet. Still young in the, you know, young in the process, but... Um, you know, it, it's tough. Um, I could think of a few examples of guys like that over the years. Uh, Don Shula, Dan Marino, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, um, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, find that combination that's successful, it's, uh, you know, it's tough. Absolutely. And, and it's going to be a tough one for the Eagles. But if the Eagles do win, and, and you know what, even if they don't, you said you, had, you, you liked what you saw from this team last year and you liked the makeup of it. Do you think that this could be a team that is built for – I'm, I, I'm not going to say Patriot success because, like we said, that is something that you don't see very often. But don't you think they could go on a nice run of making the playoffs every year, maybe getting into a couple Super Bowls, maybe winning a couple Super Bowls, barring injuries, obviously? Well, I think you're, you're, you're set up. When you look at the NFL now in the modern era of free agency, you've got to look at three- to four-year windows. Um, and, and I think, you know, Philly's set up for that. I think they're set up for a, a nice little three- to four-year window run. Um, you know, there's some guys that are going to need to be paid after that. Obviously, Wentz won't be on a cheap deal anymore. Um, so, you know, there's, there's going to be contract scenarios that enter once you start to hit that three, four, five-year mark. Um, but I think they're set up pretty nicely. Young, energetic team. They've got some interchangeable parts, uh, some guys they can move in and out, things like that. Um, you know, it's just a question of whether or not they can keep it together. All right, well, now, now i got to put you on the spot, all right? We, we are less than 72 hours away. It's okay if you go against the Eagles. We won't be mad at you, but i got to hear an official prediction from you. Well, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I bet on the Philadelphia to win this game and took the points. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, if I get a, get a prediction on a score, I'll say 31-28 Philly. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if it happens, Benjamin, I'm going to have to have you back on just so you could celebrate with us because, as you know, the party in this city will be – Epic, if, if your prediction is right on. 
I'll uh, bring my own Crisco. <laughs> exactly. You're going to need a lot of it. Benjamin Albright, found at Albright NFL. Do such a great job, and you're always gracious coming on the show. Thanks so much for spending some time with us tonight. All anytime, guys. All right. That's Benjamin Albright. Good stuff. You know, it's funny. It's, it's one of those things that, that conversation is going on. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, man, he's going to pick the damn Patriots. It's just too hard. Especially the, the one thing I'm going to take out of that that freaking concerns me <laughs> is something that I thought the Eagles had an advantage on, and that's that he thinks that the Patriots O-line has an advantage on the Eagles D-line. I, I have said it all playoffs, and, and I'm going to say it about this game. This game falls in the trenches. Whoever wins that battle wins the game. The Eagles offensive line can give holes to the running backs, give Foles some time to make some plays. Bodes well for the Eagles. But on the other end, you know it and I know it. It's no secret. If Brady has time, if Brady gets to stay on his spot, if Brady gets his feet set, you're not going to beat New England. And if they have the better offensive line, our defensive line has been great this year. There's, there's no doubt about it. Our defensive line has been great this year. I am concerned at a lack of pass rush. And I'm not only concerned that that could make them lose the game, I'm concerned that that could really cause this to not even be an enjoyable game because Brady could just pick them apart. It's a concern of mine. It is. It really, really, really is. All right, so we finished up on the first 45 minutes of the show. I want to thank Benjamin Albright for coming on. As always, The Madness is brought to you by TSJSports.com. We just lost a new Philly page, so make sure you get over there and check out TSJ Sports Philly. Uh, you can follow me and the, and the show on Twitter at TSJ Madness. We are still looking to, although it is February 1st, as you know, I uh, had put out something by the end of January. It didn't happen. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But give the show a follow. Keep listening. We really appreciate it. We're going to be bringing you more content even after football season is over. That might be our bread and butter, but we are all Philly sports. And obviously, there's always going to be stuff going on in the sports world for us to talk about. So let's get to the things that worry me. Let's get to the things that I like about this game. And uh, like I said, we're hoping, hoping, hoping that E-Rock, the mighty E-Rock, can give us a call from over there at 4th and John. Uh, he's a busy guy. He's he's being asked to do a lot of things these days. Uh, he's doing a hell of a job being the ambassador for Eagles fans. I, I think he's our leader now. He's a, he's the guy I want to hear from. Uh, hopefully he can call in. And then later on in the show, towards the end of the night, Jason, Den, for, Jason Dunn, excuse me, former NFL tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chief will call in and give us a player's perspective of playing in this league and wanting to make it to this moment that the Eagles – and the Patriots are in on Sunday. My worries. I mean, the biggest one is as clear as day. It should be everybody's worry. It's the it's the one that every time I've gotten confident has suckered me back into, uh, I just don't know. And it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, you can't deny it. You can't deny what these two have accomplished, the aura around these two, the way they just find ways to win. 28 to 3 is in is is engraved in my brain. The interception at the goal line against Seattle is engraved in my brain. And yeah, you got to say coaching mistakes, players mistakes on the other side obviously help them. 
But when you consistently find a way to win, just look back two weeks ago. They were manhandled early in that game. And they just kept grinding, kept pushing, kept fighting. And they found a way to win. I, I, I just, it, it is so hard for me to pick against this team. I can't do it. I just can't do it. How do you... I shouldn't say pick against them. I should say bet against them. To feel comfortable against them. This team knows how to win. They have the it factor to get things done. And it starts with those two guys. So, of course, they worry me. I'll tell you one thing that worries me, and I don't know if it's because I felt like it had an impact last time or because I've seen it have an impact on teams before. It's the halftime. It's the instead of 15 minutes, 30-minute halftime. It concerns me. Now, I like what Doug did this week. I like that Doug, in the one practice, and I don't know if he's done in the other ones, took a 30-minute break in the middle of practice to kind of let the team see what that felt like. But the halftime concerns me, and it just concerns me because the Patriots know what it is. They've been here, what, seven times? Six times? What's he got, five championships and two losses? Is that what it is? I think he's been there seven. This is his eighth, Tom Brady. A lot of the guys have felt this before. Anybody who's on the team last year felt before. Now, the Eagles have some guys like that. But the Eagles also have a lot of young guys who have no idea what a 30-minute halftime is. It concerns me. It worries me. You know, it's one of those things where obviously I want the Eagles to come out and jump on them early and be up and be in the Atlanta situation last year. But it's like, oh, 30 minutes. It's a long time. Momentum goes away. How do you get it back up? How do you ramp it back up after that? Another thing I'm concerned about is the Foles factor. And I'm not doubting Nick Foles because he has given us no reason to doubt him. He has seemed calm out in Minnesota this week. He was unbelievable against Minnesota in the biggest game of his career. But what if he does fall back into the Nick Foles we saw in the first quarter against Dallas in the game against Oakland? Now, the flip side of that is maybe they just played that stuff vanilla and it just didn't look good. You know, what if they take the RPOs away from him? Where does he go if that's gone? I mean, their corners aren't bad. Malcolm Butler... You know, Stephon Gilmore, Eric frickin' Rowe, Patrick Chung resurfaced when he went to New England, back to New England. They're not bad. I do like the matchup on their linebackers, and I do like the matchup of our offensive line over their defensive line. I think that's a major advantage for us. But we'll talk about all that in a few minutes. I, I just... If Foles is, I'm not saying he has to do what he did against Minnesota, but if he doesn't make that player two that Benjamin talked about, 
Where are we? Where is this team? You know, we talk about how good the run game is. They haven't been great the last two games. They had a great first quarter against Atlanta and then fizzled. And then they really didn't have to be great until late in the Minnesota game. So I have some concerns there. I do. I do. I have a few concerns there on the offensive side of the ball. Next on the list. The Eagles have been getting off to slow starts. They let Atlanta go right down the field and score a field goal. They let Minnesota go right down the field. And then they buckled down. But there's a difference between letting Minnesota and letting Atlanta do that and letting the evil empire, New England Patriots, do that. The Patriots don't typically get a lead and then let it up. It's not in their M.O. You have to jump on them early. If it's a bad start and the Patriots get up by two scores, it could get ugly. And obviously that idea worries me. That idea worries me. One that we're not talking about, and I think because they have just been so good as of late. Listen, Jim Schwartz, this defense, they've been incredible. They've been absolutely incredible. It's been so much fun to watch a Philadelphia team in the trenches just beat people up. And that's what they've done. And they deserve all the credit in the world. Look at their last three games away from the link. Is it 30 to Seattle? 30 plus to Los Angeles? 29 to the Giants? I... Not going to say that they're a bad defense on the road, but it has to be put out there that they haven't been as good on the road as they were at home. Now, it's a neutral field. It's not a road game. I understand all that. The crowd will be a factor. How many Eagles fans are there and how loud can they be? I think that's going to play a role. I'm a little bit, not a lot. This isn't a huge concern but I'm a little bit concerned about the defense away from the lane. And obviously to win the Super Bowl, you got to do it away from your home field. Unless you're Minnesota, but then they choked away their idea. That idea. (laughs) And then the other thing that, I don't know if it concerns me, I just, I'm curious. This team seems awful loose, don't they? At media day, with the masks, having fun, laughing. They seem awful loose for a team that only has six guys who have played in a Super Bowl, one of which being Malcolm Jenkins in his rookie year. I'm not it's real. I'm sure it's real. But is that how they feel deep inside? And it's okay to have nerves the day of the game, but are they gonna get tight? Or is this what this group is? Is this what Doug Peterson has created? There's a good chance it is. Because he's done a hell of a job. He's been a player's coach. And he's also at the same time been that tough SOB you need to be when, whenever that time comes. And Jason Dunn, when we talked to him, he's coaching at college. Now we're going to ask him how tough it is to have that line. 
So we'll see. So they're the things that worry me. They're the things that keep me on edge. The things that I like about this game. I think the Eagles are the better all-around football team. I mean, that's number one. That's first and foremost. I think they have advantages in many different areas. I think they have the better running game. I think they have the better defense. I think their offensive line is one of the best, if not the best in the league. So even if the Patriots have a a good offensive line, I think the Eagles have a better one. Obviously, they have the advantage of quarterback. And I think wide receivers are a wash just because of the type of wide receivers New England has fits what they like to do. So I think that's a bit of a watch. But I think overall, I think the Eagles have more advantages. I think they have more advantages. I've been saying all playoffs that the trenches are important. And I think even if the Patriots have a slightly better offensive line than the Eagles defensive line, I think the difference between the Eagles O-line and Patriots D-line is a bigger margin giving them the trenches battle as well. I think the Eagles know how to deal with adversity. I know the Eagles know how to deal with adversity, but I want to talk to somebody else about this. I'm I'm bringing in a guy who I have considered you. He is the leader of the Eagles fan base, and he does a hell of a job over fourth and John. And that is the mighty E-Rock. E-Rock, how we feeling, man? How you how you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on again. I'm so glad you were able to call in, you know, because this, this is one of those situations where we got to get a feel for the fan base. And I know you had your show early in the week and, and took some calls. Where is everybody? Are we still super, super confident? Is some of that nervousness with the game just a few days away started to set in? Well, I think that nervousness is finally starting to creep in. But overall, I think it's, you know, as I gauge the temperature of the fan base, I, I, I really think it's a, it's a positive energy. It's, it's, a, it's an unexpected calm that people are in. You know, when you, when you take a look at the Super Bowl that we were previously in 13 years ago against these New England Patriots, we were going up against a budding dynasty. We were going up against not only Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but a really great defense when you took a look at that New England Patriots with Seymour and Bruschi and Rodney Harrison and all that. When you take a look at this, this Patriots team now, it's not the same. Boston Radio even admitted that it was probably the second worst team that they were sending to the Super Bowl, the first of which being the second one that lost to the New York Giants. Is it still Tom Brady? Absolutely. Is it still Bill Belichick? Absolutely. But I think the Eagles fans look at this and look at their team and say, listen, this is a winnable game. I, I agree with you. And, you know, one, one of the other things is when in 0405, if you remember, and I think Les Bowen tweeted this out, he said there was a lot of finally we've made it with, with that team. And this team... Mm-hmm just kind of, you know, came out of nowhere. And, I mean, we all expect them to be better this year, but not to this level. How much do you think that's playing into it, not only for the players, but for the fans as well? I think it's playing into it a little bit. Uh, I, You know, expectations change yeah. throughout the season. So going into the season, I was expecting, like you, like you just previously mentioned, that the Eagles were going to take a step forward, but I had them at 9-7. and seven. They, mm-hmm. they were going to progress. Doug Peterson was going to take the next step as a head coach. Carson Wentz was going to take the next step as a quarterback in his young progression. 
And then when they went on that nine-game win streak, you know, you know, people finally felt confident enough to like whisper the words Super Bowl. Then, of course, when Carson goes down, those expectations for a lot of us go flushing right down the toilet. But I think it has less to do with the fact that we weren't expected to be here at the beginning of the season, and more so that this team has really proved everybody wrong in, like, every aspect. You know, with all the injuries that we've had, with all the adversity that we've gone through this season, to see this team not only stumble but bounce back and bounce back with authority, I think that's what gives us a, a, the confidence. Like, we, like, let's say, uh, you know, Los Angeles after we went down to the Seattle Seahawks. You know, people were looking at the Los Angeles team and being like, these Eagles can't be the Rams. Well, we did it. Mm-hmm. And then when the Falcons came to town and we are underdogs in our own house, they said the Eagles can't beat that team, and they did it. And then all of that number one defense against the Minnesota Vikings and Case Keenum, and they're just coming off of this miraculous miracle of Minneapolis win. Those Eagles can't beat this team, and they dominated them. So at what point do you look at, yeah, okay, this is the Patriots. This is, again, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but how can I continue to doubt this team when they proved us wrong time and time again during the season? We are talking with the mighty Rock from Fourth and John. You know, it's funny your your videos throughout the season kind of have depicted this ride for people. Like I think about you uh, after the sixty-one yard field goal from Elliott in the Giants game. The the one I, I tell you the video, and you just talked about the Rams game and losing once. I remember you you, you kind of taking a little shot of the fans chanting E A G L E S, and then you put the camera yourself and you said, "But at what cost?" And I think we yeah. all and that moment. We all felt that. That that's what we felt. It was like, how does this? I can remember sitting there and my wife looking at me, and going, "Rob, they won the game. They 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 won the NFC East." I said, "Liz, we've been down this road. I I can't I can't see past it." But you you just said it. They just continue to find ways to win, which leads me to the question: Just how amazing has this? Seat? I mean, I know. Listen, we need to finish this thing off on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. But certainly, so just looking back, how amazing has this ride been this year? It is one of it is one of the most unexpected, unbelievable storylines that really only a city like Philadelphia could effectively pull off. I mean, if this if the, if this Eagles team erased the name uh, Eagles and erased the city Philadelphia, if this was the Arizona Cardinals, would it be a fitting story for a fitting city? Absolutely not. If this was, uh, let's say, the Houston Texans. You know, the, 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 that storyline, that underdog mentality and storyline fits you. No, it doesn't. This is this story is so uniquely Philadelphia and just epitomizes everything that this city is about. Never say die attitude. Never getting up. Sure, you're going to get knocked down on the mat. But you know what? You pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You hold your chin high and you go back to battle again. People say that you can't do it and you go out and you prove them wrong. Gritty nasty defense, you know, a run game that's going to pound it down your throat, and when guys go down, it's the next man up. I can't see this storyline fitting anywhere else but the fighting city of Philadelphia. And to answer your questions, like, you were just going back to the video at the, at the, at the Rams game, and you were going back to, to videos before that, like at the New York Giants game. We are at this point now where if they do pull this off, we will celebrate that. But it is going to take us months to go back and reflect 
on every little thing that happened during the season to lead up to this point. And it's not going to be any sort of negative feelings whatsoever. We're going to go back and we're going to look at that 61-yard field goal and go, man, wasn't that cool. We're going to go back and I, I, I totally forgot about the game against the Bears. Oh, that ass-whooping we put up against the Bears or the Broncos. I mean, we're going to go down the schedule and, and reflect and reminisce and celebrate every single one of those games and how this team was not only able to dominate but overcome adversity. It's going to take months to comb through the storylines within the storylines and truly appreciate what we're about to witness in three days. It, it, it's been such a great ride, and, and obviously, like you said, it, it's so Philly, and you hope that it ends in, uh, as, as I've been comparing it to, the Rocky II form. You know, they, they get to, you get the second fight, and, and you find a way to win it at the end. You know, I've heard you talk about this recently, obviously, with all the Minnesota hate towards our fan base, and now Maurice Jones-Drew comes out and picks the Patriots solely because Eagles fans are mean. And I've spent a lot of time defending, and, and I started the show today by saying I'm done defending uh, and I use the Batman quote, you either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm ready to just embrace this hate and, and make it and just say, you know what? You, this is who you, you're not going to listen to us when we try and defend it. So we might as well just be someone for you to hate. Is, is that what, what do you think about that? Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we, we, we could be, you know, Ned Flanders and that family for the next 10 years and no matter what we do how nice we are how charitable we are how much we welcome opposing fans into our stadium i mean just look how long that snowball <laughs> snowballs and santa claus cliche drawn out overblown thing has gone on i mean that's gone on since the 60s so i feel like no matter what we do we're still going to be villainized um by the rest of the NFL uh, fan bases, just because it's convenient. Um, I, I, I didn't like all the, you know, the, the, the throwing the beers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's too much. That's, listen, we, we should never escalate in this day and age to any sort of physical violence or putting any other fan base in really a physical harm's way. But uh, if, if, if Minnesotans were expecting to come to Lincoln Financial Field after they had that demonstration on the steps of the Rocky Museum and dressing up the Rocky statue, um, you know, and, and expected us to be like, hey, guys, how you doing? Welcome to Philadelphia. They're wrong. You're going to catch some FUs. You're going to catch some fingers. You're going to catch some people yelling at you, telling you, telling you to go home. And uh, you're, you're right in the fact that at this point, it's, it, it, it's kind of pointless to defend the fan base. You know what's, you know what's unique about this situation, my man? I remember when the Phillies won the World Series in 08. And we were having it, and it dawned on me when we were having that parade down Broad Street and we were celebrating that victory. And Chase Utley says, World F and Champions. You think about the other teams in Major League Baseball, and they had all checked out. Like, they're already planning for the offseason. All their different cities, sports talk radio is going on to the, you know, the, the offseason and who they're going to acquire and who they're going to trade for. Everybody else had checked out. Everybody else who wasn't in the postseason or people that were in the postseason are still butthurt. That's for us. That parade was for us only. That little world effing champions, that was for us. And right now we're in a moment where it's for us. And if we win it, it's our party. Nobody else is invited. 
we don't care what, what Dallas fans or, or, or Patriots fans or Vikings fans or Giants fans think at that moment. Sunday will be about us, and we will party. I promise you that. I think we're winning this game. Yeah, I, I tend to be with you. I, I was a lot really confident last week, but I, I still feel that way a little bit. But, you know, you talk about the party. Iraq, yeah. have you have you allowed your mind <laughs> to to go to this celebration? Maybe not even the night of the game, but more so that Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever a parade would be. Have you allowed your mind to think about just the euphoria that would take over for weeks? I mean, it would be weeks of a euphoria. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you and everybody listening to your show right now. I guarantee you, on multiple occasions, has sat in traffic and just let their mind wander off on what it would be like to win a championship and what the flooding of Broad Street would be after a, after a Super Bowl victory and how that would feel seeing the Vince Lombardi bust down Broad Street with the entire team in, in foot. And, uh, you, you know, I, I think we've all been there already where – we've imagined this euphoric celebration in our minds. Now, leading up to, the, uh, up to this game, honestly, I've, I've kind of put that on hold. I'm trying to enjoy the moment more and more so than what's going to happen afterwards because I want what's going to happen afterwards to just be very random, very genuine, and very organic. I, you know, whatever happens, I've played out in my mind a million times over the last hell, I'm 36 years old. You know what I mean? I think a lot of us have done the same. So right now, uh, I'm just focused on the game. And trust me, when the celebration happens, all that 36 years, some people have been waiting eight years you know, to see a championship. All, all that's going to spill out in the most genuine way possible. This is Mighty E-Rock from 4th and John. If you guys aren't out there following 4th and John, they are doing things the right way. You guys are, are unbelievable, and I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes of your time tonight. And listen, if they yeah. win, we and you have never actually met. I really would, would love to meet you and all the guys over there. I, I, me and Lee was actually on with me a couple weeks ago, and uh, I just I love the way you guys are doing things and, and would love to be able to celebrate with you guys you know, on that parade day. So thanks again, E-Rock, for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And real, and real quick, before I let you go, yeah. or before you let me go, rather, you see I'm so used to hosting. <laughs> right? um, the Tuesday, win or lose, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl will be our final show for the year. We shut, we shut it down after football okay. season. So I want to extend an invite to you at, at New Media Studios in Trevos, Pennsylvania. That if they do win, uh, it'll be at night. So if, if, if the parade is on a Tuesday, uh, it'll be after the parade. But definitely want to st- extend the invitation to you. I think that studio is going to be packed with Eagles fans <laughs> just wanting to tell their feelings, express their feelings, talk about the joy, and talk about what it's like to finally wake up the following morning knowing that you are world effing <laughs> champions. It, it sounds so beautiful, and, and I definitely hopefully we can uh, make that happen. E-Rock, man, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking down the line here. All right, man, be good. Go Birds. Go Birds. That is the mighty E-Rock from 4th and John. As I said, uh, as much as you guys are listening to me, I'm hoping you're over there listening to those guys over at 4th and John. They do a hell of a job uh, being another voice for the fan base and, and 
E-Rock himself has has really uh, become a staple, an ambassador, one of the guys, one of the front guys for this fan base, and, and a lot of good stuff there. And, and he's confident. He said his callers have been confident. It, it's a quiet, it's a calm confidence. It's a quiet confidence. You know, it's not what you would typically expect from a group of rabid Eagles fans, but it has been a confident time. And part of the reason, and you know, we I was talking about it before he uh, before he called in. You know, some something that I'm really, really, really liking about this team. They're able to deal with adversity. Okay, they are loving this underdog role. And there is a different feel to this team. This team, look, I've been a fan of this team for a long time. I've been a season ticket holder since the link opened. I went to every game but the first game of the regular season the last year of the vet. vet. Never has there been a feel to a team like this. Never has there been this feel like, Wow, man, they just keep finding ways. Wow, here comes the trap game. It's got to be against Chicago. It's got to be a trap game. Got to be. Dominate. Oh, here come the Broncos, number one ranked defense. Tear it apart. Rainy day. No, San Francisco's not good, but rainy day, it's probably going to be sloppy. And it was early, but they route them by the end. Lose Wentz. Lose the lead. Here comes Nick Foles. How's he going to lead them to victory on the road at L.A.? Bam. Leads them to victory. And then we've talked about the playoff games and, and everything else. So all this is is another moment where, man, how do they beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick with all the injuries and a backup quarterback and, you know, only a second-year head coach? How does, he, how does he beat Bill Belichick? They've just found ways all year. There is this different feel of calmness, of confidence, of camaraderie. Look, there was no closer locker room than in those early 2000s for the Eagles, those guys. But you always felt like there was this little thing. Maybe Donovan and the defense didn't always get along. I know now the Ike Reeses and the Brian Dawkins and the Brian Westbrooks and Trotts all come out and they say, no, we were. And they they were probably like a family. I don't want to, you know, put down what they were because they were but this team feels different this team feels different you know they might they, they had Alshon Jeffrey mic'd up with Torrey Smith yelling this is why we came here during the Minnesota game and that goes to the leadership of the coaches that goes to the leadership council of players led by Malcolm Jenkins Chris Long Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, these guys have formed a unit that has to be formed to win. And I'm sure the Patriots have an unbelievable unit and team camaraderie in their locker room. You don't get to this point without that. But this team just seems different. And that, I think, is why every time I get I don't know if they can do it. That comes back into my head. How many times have I said it? How many times I sat at home, I can remember watching the Giants game, sitting at home going, how's this team going to win? 
Or how, how I can't believe this team struggling with the Giants. I don't even care if they win. They're done anyway. Struggling on Christmas night going, well, this is all for naught. But it's been weird because you felt that in one minute and then both playoff games, I was super confident. I thought they were the better team. And that's the key word. They are the epitome. They are the prime example of a team and what a team should be. And I've never in my life been prouder to call myself an Eagles fan. I'm always proud to call myself an Eagles fan. But this team has made me thoroughly enjoy every single minute of this season. When I when and, and he said it. When you look back on this season, it's going to take months and months and months to do that. When you look back on this season, you're going to remember all those great moments. And you're going to remember the moments that weren't so great and say, but you know what? They came right back from that. They lose in Kansas City in a game they probably should have won. They get a big lead on the Giants, give it up, but still fight back and win on a 61-yard field goal. No one gave them a prayer to go in on a short week to Carolina and beat Cam Newton. And they bullied a team. And I know I'm sounding repetitive the past shows, but this is what we're going to do. And I think we're going to do this win or lose. It's going to take a little longer to get here if things don't go well on Sunday. But I think that we will look back on the season as one of the most fun in Eagles history. If not the most fun. And if they win, obviously, it will be the greatest season in Eagles history. I don't care what anybody says. And this is what we're watching for. This is what we're fans for. We could be a part of that. We could be a part of that. This is The Madness brought to you by TSJSports.com. Follow us on Twitter at TSJMadness. We are in the process of building a Facebook page, TSJ Madness Philly. Um, I will get you guys more information. I'll tweet that out to you. But give the Twitter page a follow. Start asking us some questions. Start uh, you know, answering the poll questions. Love to hear your input. I love to go back and forth with people who listen to the show. I love to go back and forth with other fans. It, it, it's, it's a dream of mine to be able to do this and to hopefully one day make it a career. But for right now, it is, it is so much fun to be able to come on week in, week out, talk with you guys. Uh, that if you start bringing some questions to the table, I will start bringing them out on the show. We are awaiting former NFL tight end, former Eagle, former Kansas City Chief Jason Dunn. He'll be joining us here in a couple minutes to give us a player's perspective and, and, and what he thinks, what he sees, if he's watching as a casual fan, if he watches with an analyst's eye now, stuff like that. So uh, we're waiting to talk to him. And then after we talk to him, it's going to be a quick wrap-up I'm going to give you my prediction for the Super Bowl. And we're going to move on. And, and we're going to get ready for Sunday. And then next week, win or lose, we'll be back. We will, you know, make sure that we are here to either lament or to be excited, to celebrate, whatever it may be. Um. But while I have the time so I can get the thank yous out now, once again, I want to thank Benjamin Albright for coming. You can follow him at AlbrightNFL on Twitter. 
uh, does a great, great, great job covering the league. Does a tremendous job. You heard he was at the scouting at the um, was the North South game and and things like that. He does a great job with the draft. So uh, thank you to him. Uh, really special thank you. I, I literally hit up E Rock this morning and said, "Listen, I know it's last minute." He said, "Dude, as long as I you know don't have anything going on and gracious enough gave us his time." He, he's so much fun to talk to. Uh, and like I said, he, he's just doing a hell of a job being the ambassador for our for our fan base right now. And joining us right now, uh, you know, it's fun in, in, in Super Bowl week to talk to a former player. And we are fortunate to have a guy who actually spent some time here in the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. That's former NFL tight end for the Eagles and the Chiefs, Jason Dunn. Jason, how are you tonight? Wonderful, wonderful. How you doing, Rob? You doing Do, all right? Doing great. Listen, <laughs> we we're, we're, we are in heaven. You you played here. You know us. You know our passion. We, absolutely, absolutely. We we are in heaven. And and I want to. I kind of want to start right there with you. You you played in this yeah. town. Not only that, you played in the vet. <laughs> so you right. you you oh. saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, <laughs> just from being a former player and the perspective mm-hmm. of this town, what what would a Super Bowl victory do for Philadelphia? Oh, man. You know, I just, you know, the first thing I, w- I was thinking about, uh, I was talking to uh, one of my, my cousins today, and, you know, he uh, he actually lived with me when I was in Philadelphia during that time. And I was just telling him, I said, man, can you imagine bringing a championship, a Super Bowl championship to that city? I mean, it, it would absolutely go crazy. I mean, just unbelievable, just bananas. It, it would it just be so chaotic. I mean, it, the city was just shut down and probably party for about two weeks. I mean, I could just imagine. I, you know what? And I'm looking at if they win, I might have to say, look, I, I got to take off work. Uh, you know, tell all the coaches, I'll see y'all later. I'm, I'm going to go up here and go celebrate in Philadelphia for a little while. Hey, hey, one th- I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a great city in itself. But, yeah, yeah with the fans, oh, my goodness. Fanatical. <laughs> And, and you are more than welcome. Once you're a member of the Eagles, you are you are a Philadelphian for life, man. We we would love to have you Absolutely. up there for it. But you know, you That's play right. now. Listen, you played a long time in this league. You played 11 years in this league, and mm-hmm. every year you guys start out and you want nothing more than to win a championship and play in the Super Bowl. What do you think's going through the players' minds right now? As as now they're less than 72 hours away from taking the field in Super Bowl 52. Wow. You know, the only thing I could think of is, I mean, you have to have, like, unbelievable focus. You know, I, I can yeah. understand all the, you know, the things that's going on during the week, you know, all the, the little exhibits and, you know, all the, you know, fanfare and things that they do. But, you know, it's it, 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 as a player, you know, it's still it's still football. You know, it's still your job. And, and, and you know, just coming up uh, 72 hours from game time, I mean, you're just thinking about everything that you should be doing right. What, what, you know, just kind of making plays in the game. What do you need to do? I mean, because this is it. I mean, it, everything, the, the money's on the line right here. The money's on the line. You know, and, and unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to play for a Super Bowl, but I, I could just imagine, you know, just the feeling of having a game of that magnitude uh, to play, uh, like you said, in 72 hours. I mean, I can, I can, I, I know the players are probably not getting any type of sleep. I know they're not. So, uh, you know, they're probably just all jacked up and just ready to go. If they could play today, I know they would. Oh, absolutely. Talking with former Eagle tight end Jason Dunn. Jason, you know, you look at the Eagles this season, all the injuries, a backup QB, yeah. everyone telling them they could not get to this point, yet they did. 
You've been in the NFL right. locker rooms. What type of camaraderie does it take to be able to overcome all of this? Uh, you know what? It's, 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 you know, it's a family atmosphere. And, you know, when you have somebody at the helm, uh, you know, like Doug Peterson, you know, who's played in, who's played in Super Bowls, had won Super Bowls, you know, and that's the thing. I, I, I think everybody kind of, you know, kind of misses out on that because he, he's been in, you know, Green Bay's organization, won Super Bowls up there. You know, he, he knows how to prepare himself. And guys feel confident of having someone who's been there before. And so they're feeding a lot off of what he brings to them about getting prepared, how he's talking to them, what they need to do to prepare themselves from being a Super Bowl winner. So Doug has, you know, a ring, maybe two rings right now that I know of. Um, but that's, you, you know, when, when you're, you're talking about just the whole being prepared going into this game and knowing that nobody gave you a chance, and the way that they put that that smackdown on Minnesota last week, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm watching the game, man. I, I was shocked. I'm sitting over here stoked. I'm going crazy, and I'm just like these guys already. They they want it, you know. And it's and it's it's really like a wheel that you get to see the guys have for the game. Like Minnesota came in, and I thought they just they felt like they was gonna have a better game than what they did. And Philly just actually ran them out of the stadium. They just ran them out. Yeah. So, you know, having that type of confidence and knowing that nobody, you know, it's just us in this locker room, it's a family atmosphere, we have to do it. So I know they're just sitting there preparing themselves, Doug's getting them ready, and they're going to they're gonna bring one home for the city because they know the city deserves it. They know that. So, yeah, it's really important. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Now, listen, you know, I don't want to ask you too many Patriots questions because I don't like to give them a lot of airtime if I can avoid it. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. But, but, but let's face it. It is a hard thing to do to win in the NFL, just to win a game in the NFL. You know, it's a tough thing. You always hear players, coaches talk about that. How have, mm-hmm. has this team, has this franchise been able to be so consistent in this success? You know what, it, it – that, that right there, that word consistency is probably the key. That's probably what it is. You know, when you, you have the same nucleus of guys that's always around and what's expected of them, you know, from the coach to the quarterback to all the guys that come into the organization, everybody knows what they have to do, what's expected of them. And it's almost the same thing like I was just talking about, family atmosphere. You have someone who's been to six Super Bowls and – you know, one, what, five of them already? Mm-hmm. And they just, they, they know what to expect. And you can see this, this team comes in and, and they're not shaken by anything. And they know if they have a chance, and I, I learned a long time ago from, uh, from Jimmy Ray, who was office coordinator from Kansas City, played, you know, was OC and with the Jets. I learned a long time ago in the office of meeting, as long as we have time and downs, we're in this game in this game. And so New England, they take it to a whole different level. They're just like, look, we just need opportunities and chances. If teams keep us around, if we went in 10 points, they feel like they have a chance to win. They really do. So that, that mentality of like we expect to win, no team's better than, than, than us, is I think what brings them over the top. And, te- and to be honest with you, teams are really uh, – 
You know, they, they're really bothered by that. They're intimidated by that, Rob. They really are. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. On the line with us right now is Eagles, former Eagles tight end Jason Dunn. And, you know, you're, you're, you coach college football now, Jason, yeah. so, so you know it from that standpoint. You talked about Doug Peterson, and, and mm-hmm. all you ever hear about from his players is he's a player's coach. They love playing for him. But there, there is a side to him, and, and we've seen a little bit where he's got to be that old tough SOB that a, that a football coach has to be. How, right, right. how difficult is it to find that happy medium between being that player's coach but being that tough SOB at the same time? You know what? I, I think, you know, once you have the experience and guys see, you know, kind of your pedigree, they, they've seen that you played the game before, you know, they can appreciate it even more. You know, they, they don't be bothered by, you know, like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. He, he, you know, he's, he's played a game for several years. Uh, like I said, been to a couple of Super Bowls. You know, we can listen to this guy. And if he gets on us, we're going to be fine by that because he's telling us the truth. He's been there before. So, you know, I would be, the, be an idiot not to listen to a guy who's, who's been there before, who's played the game. I mean, you, know, you had to have some type of ego that, that, that you know, that's unbearable. You probably couldn't stand yourself. If you couldn't sit there and listen to a guy who's, who's who's been there before and has you know the experience, so you know that, that you know Doug, I think walks that fine line because he's like, look, I've been in your shoes before. I've done everything that you've done. I, I know all the tricks. I know if you hurt, if you're not hurt. I know if you're dogging it or not dogging it. So when guys know that you know you can't really BS them, then you know that's all they need to know. That's it. And they could respect that. So, you know, I, I you know, I, I know Doug. Um, he's going to be hard on them, but he's going to love them up more than anybody else. No question about it. You know, has there ever been? Did you ever have a coach like a Doug Peterson who, uh, who you know, listen? This guy was, and, and I have apologized for it now a thousand times yeah. over. When, when the hire was made. It was not a, a happy moment in the city of Philadelphia. People didn't like the hire. They thought they were they were forcing Andy Reid 2.0 on us. And the guy just never let that bother him. He just did what he wanted to do. Have you ever, in, in your NFL career, did you ever have a guy like that that you know people weren't really crazy about, but he ended up being a pretty damn good football coach? Uh, I, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I'll tell you who I thought kind of got uh, – you know, kind of the short end of the stick was uh, was Ray Rhodes, guy I played under. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love Ray. I love Ray to death. I love Ray to death. You know, got the same thing former player. You know, and Ray would come in, and he would, you know, he'd get on guys. You know, and he'll, he'll tell the you know he'll tell the realness about what was going on. And there was times, man, that, that I, I can remember having conversations with Ray, and as a player, I was so hurt and bothered that. We didn't do better than what we did to help Ray out. So, you know, sometimes you know, some put it on coaches, but you know, players, man, we, you know, we the one that plays the game. You know, if we're not out there making plays, then that's on us. Some of it's not always on coaches. You know, when we get paid to play the game, right? I mean, that's <laughs> old uh, Herm Edwards. <laughs> you know, so we 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 sit down and, and we try to do our best to make a great product for. The fans out there, you know, and we, you know, we all, we just want to go out and win. I, I would just kind of like Ray was just one of those guys that, you know, I don't I don't know to, to see. It was it was a little I don't know lukewarm with Ray 
toward the end when they was about to try. I remember Ray saying, Jason, you know what? If, if I had to be the scapegoat, I will be. So I was just like, dang, God, Ray, I, you know, you know, and I love Ray. I love Ray to death when he, when he was coaching, you know, because he was just a player's coach. And then, of course, he would get on us. Um, and I'm sure I gave Ray, you know, a couple of headaches myself <laughs> <laughs> when I was there. But, yeah, he, he was a coach that I know that was like, it was, was more deserving. Uh, didn't really let it bother him, you know, because he's been in the business before. Sometimes, if, you know, you're used to the business, you kind of, you know, know what, you know, what could come out of it. You know, if, if, you know, everybody doesn't love you. And I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, Philly's not always the easiest place to play in, mm-hmm. you know. But I love when teams come in, uh, uh, visiting teams, and they really don't know what to expect. You know, I mean, they, it's just a whole different environment and world to them. I think Minnesota felt the wrath of that uh, two Sundays ago. It was uh, I was in oh. the stadium and and it was uh, that the pick six really was. I, I've I've never heard a stadium get as loud as when Patrick Robinson re- returns the pick six, and it was just one of those right. moments. But uh, t- oh, no question, yeah. no question. <laughs> Talk with former Eagles tight end Jason Dunn. Jason, I know you were only here a few years. But, you know, you hear a lot of players after they spend, even even some guys that have only spent a year in Philly, uh, they talk about that they feel a connection to this town, that they love playing in this town. It's it's a blue-collar type of thing. Do, do you feel enough of a connection where you're going to watch this Super Bowl and say, man, I'm pulling for the Eagles, I'm pulling for the city of Philadelphia, or is this more of a, no, nah, I'm going to be a casual fan and just and, and hope for a good game? Oh, no, there's no, there's no way I could be. No way. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, I tell people all the time, man, I'm, I'm loyal to Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the thing is, you know, after I, I, I left from Philly, I went out to Kansas City. I still kept my house out there in Jersey for, for quite some time. Okay. So I will travel back and forth, uh, you know, from Kansas City back to Philly. And I, I love the East Coast. I love just being in the Philadelphia area. You know, to me, it's, you know, it's still home. It really is. Even though I live down here in Kentucky now, you know, this is my home base. Philly is, without a doubt, my second home. You know, Kansas City, I love going out there to visit it. You know, it's, it's a great place. It's mm-hmm. a great place to raise your kids and stuff. But, you know, it's just something about that city and what they give you. And, and I, I used to tell people all the time when I was some of my teammates in, in uh, Kansas City, I said, when I go to Philly, I still get love. <laughs> I still go to, you know, down in South Philadelphia, still get two kisses on the cheek, you know, from, you know, some of the, the nice – old Italian stores, you know, seeing some of the old people, man, it's just, it's a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful feeling. And, uh, you know, like I said before, man, I just, I just love being on the East coast, you know, and I, I'm, I'm always going to be a, a Eagle fan. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to put my jersey. I don't know if it fits anymore, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, slide in, maybe, you know, maybe get some, some, some oil or something and, and try to get into my jersey on Sunday. And, and represent, man, Happy uh, <laughs> Eagles as much as I can. I am. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that, that 87 jersey was good for you, and, and it's yeah. been really good on, on the current tight end wearing it, Brent Selleck, who's, you know, now right. it's it's crazy to look at him and, and look at him as the outer statesman of, of right. this team. Right. You know, you, you kind of remember him coming into the league. I, I'll never forget a funny story with him. It's his rookie year, and I'm in a bar, and I happen to see him from across, and I'm, you know, one of those crazy fans. I was 22 years old, whatever it was, and I went, oh, my God, it's Brent Selleck, and he was so excited that, some, that I knew who he was. 
He brought me right up to the bar and bought me a Corona. Like it was like, <laughs> it, it was one of these just awesome moments that I, that I'll never forget. So uh, you know, I got it. I I love that number eighty seven, man. I love it. I hope you can yeah. you can put that one back on on Sunday. Hey, Jason, before I let you go, I do this to all the guests. I know not a lot of people okay. like to do it, but you you got a prediction for me, man? You think we're going to be celebrating with a parade on Broad Street? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I just you know what I what I think that Philadelphia does defensively. It's really uh, underrated. You know, I, and I think if, if they have a good game plan, which I know they will, they're a great defensive coordinator. And one thing I know that Doug is going to do is he, he's going he's to take shots. You know, he, he's not one that's going to back down. He attacks their defense. And I think the defense, the Eagles' defense is going is to have some for Tom Brady. There's no question about it. So I, I believe, I, I think Philly's going to win. I really do. You know, and I think people's going to be shocked by it, but – I tell you what, man. I'm I'm, I'm actually uh, I I go through um, talking to a few players. We have like this little feed that we do. Mm-hmm. Probably about twelve of us. You know, I'm I'm just you know I'm 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 the only Philly fan on there. <laughs> only one, which is fine. I you know I, you know I got you know guys Gonzalez and you know uh, a couple of guys that you know I played with in Kansas City and you know they you know he's still kind of reaming a little bit from you know. You know, when uh, uh, Matty Ice and him uh, lost it for him last year uh-huh. you know, in Atlanta, uh, I'm just like, look, you know what? I said, Philly's got their number. You know, they always talk about, you know, New York and, you know, uh, uh, you know Manning, Eli. Now, look, i tell you what. Nick Foles in Philadelphia is going to get it done this Sunday. Mark my words right there. All right, Rob, you heard it here first. They're going to get it done. That's my prediction. No question about it. I, I love it. I absolutely love hearing that. And listen, it's not every day that, that, that I get to talk to a guy who, who had a very nice career in the NFL. I mean, you make it 11 years in the NFL, you're, you're a special guy. And, and I want to thank you so much <laughs> for, for coming on this show. And, and man, I, I would love to talk to you again. If you're ever in Philly, I'd love to meet up with you and have a beer and just hear some of your old stories. Uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun talking to you tonight. Man, you too, Rob, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time, man. I'll definitely do it. I'll get in contact with you, man. But, I, yeah, i tell you what, man. Hey, fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's get it done this Sunday. All right? Jason Dunn, thank you so much, man. You have a great night. And, as you said, okay. fly, Eagles, fly. Yes, sir. All right, Rob. Take care, right. brother. Take it easy. Okay. All right. That was Jason Dunn, former NFL tight end, three years with the Eagles, eight years with the Kansas City Chiefs. But he's an ego at heart because that's just the way it is here. Here's the deal. We are going to make my quick prediction. We are going to end the show. And we're going to go watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's how I'm going to put it down. In the history of this world... There have been many, many, many dynasties and empires. The Roman Empire, the Ming Dynasty. But one thing always happens. And that one thing that always happens is dynasties fall. Empires and their reign. Evil empires, happy empires. They end their reign. Yes, they have Tom Brady. 
Yes, they have Bill Belichick, but the Eagles have destiny. And it's real, and it's going to happen, and it's going to happen in a 27-17 victory with the Eagles score a late touchdown to put it away. And we are all going to celebrate. Philly, your championship is coming. Enjoy this moment and embrace the madness. Talk to you next week. Have a great one. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.